peace of our Lord be with you. Those who welcomed Peter's message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. And they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. With those words, today's lesson from the book of Acts gives us a snapshot of the birthday and the birthing of the church, which happened, according to Acts chapter 2, when Jews from near and far had come to Jerusalem, as they did every year, to keep the festival of Pentecost. But this year, while the crowds were in Jerusalem on their annual Pentecost pilgrimage, the Spirit of God came in a way that was so new and different that some of the people gathered there asked Peter what they should do in response, to which Peter replied that they should open their lives to the Holy Spirit, repent, and be baptized. And according to today's lesson, about 3,000 did after which they began to meet together and eat together, pray, study, learn, and grow together. The birthing and beginning of what we now know as the church. At first, a frequently persecuted, mostly poor, largely powerless fringe group until the fourth century when the Roman Emperor Constantine made Christianity a government-tolerated religion and then, not long after, a government-endorsed religion, which some Christians celebrated because it gave the church political clout and economic power, but which other Christians did not welcome because they knew that Jesus, the Lord of the church, was not about that kind of power. And in fact, every time he had the opportunity to say yes to that kind of power, Jesus said no to that kind of power. So they separated themselves from the powerful, influential, post-Constantinian church, choosing instead to follow Jesus from the edges of the church. Groups of believers on the margins of institutional Christianity saying that the way of the church had strayed too far from the way of Jesus, attention which became a constant within the Christian church across the Christian centuries, including, of course, our century. Yes, 
the 17th, when one of those radical marginal groups in England called separatists because they had separated themselves from the powerful institutional church, stumbled across a group of Mennonites, so-called because their leader's name was Menno Simons, over in Europe, joined forces with them just long enough to hold a baptismal service in a horse trough in Amsterdam, and then returned to England in 1611 to birth what we now know as the Baptist Church. Several years later, some of them boarded a ship for New England where they quickly got in some new trouble for their radical religious views, whereupon they first headed north to Maine and then south to Charleston, where they started the first Baptist church in the south in 1699, after which some of them eventually wandered west to Mississippi, where a couple of centuries later a small handful of them were standing on a street corner in downtown Jackson, talking about the possibility of starting a new church. And quicker than you can say 50 years later, Owen Carter, Keegan Croom, Lucy Elfert, William Seymour, Roger Stribling, William Walker, and Ivy Yelverton are leading in worship the same church that was being dreamed and imagined on that downtown Jackson street corner 50 years ago. And it all started back there in this morning's lesson from the book of Acts when a group of people not yet fully dried off from the water of their baptism started eating and praying, learning and growing together on the original birthday of the church. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, I often wonder how closely what the church has become 2,000 years later resembles what Jesus might have had in mind 2,000 years ago. Because the truth is, as Barbara Brown Taylor once said, the work of God gets done in the world both because of and in spite of the church. Or as I once heard my good friend Bob Setzer say, the same church which can be the source of our greatest joys can also be the source of our deepest disappointments. What the poet Mary Oliver once called the strange, difficult, beautiful church. But while all churches, this one included, are less than perfect, each with its own limits, failures, and flaws, 
The church is also, in my experience, the place where our lives are most profoundly shaped, formed, and supported for God and the gospel. There really is something mystical and wonderful about the way the Spirit of God is embodied in the people of God in a congregation. The way the people we know at church call forth that which is deepest and best in us. The way they mentor us, sometimes without even meaning to, making us want to be better just by being exactly who they are. Shaping, lifting, coloring, stretching, and little by little, transforming our lives. It happens in church. Church, our anchor and our sail. The anchor which centers us within these walls and the sail which sends us beyond these walls. Our anchor and our sail. The strange, difficult, beautiful church for which we can all only say our deepest and highest thanks be to God. Amen.